Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Guys, Ralph Malbro here. You know I take my flavored whiskey very seriously and would never steer you wrong. I want to tell you about Hard Hide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey. Hard Hide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is a strawberry-flavored whiskey blended with aged wheat whiskey, American light whiskey, fresh strawberries from Ponchatoula, Louisiana. It's 86 proof, blended and bottled in New Orleans, Louisiana at the Porch Jam Distillery. Hard Hide Strawberry Whiskey is not for the thin-skinned. Hard Hide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is supporting Saints Happy Hour all football season. So support the people who support the show. Grab a bottle of Hard Hide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey today. You can pick up a bottle wherever fine spirits are sold in Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee. To learn more and to find a location to get a bottle near you, go to hardhidestrawberrywhiskey.com. That's hardhidestrawberrywhiskey.com. everybody welcome to another edition of saints happy hour podcast as always we are brought to you by hard hide ponchatoula strawberry whiskey um kevin yeah the game last night uh i i'm working on my wwl column and my instincts after absorbing it i don't want to be negative because there was uh-huh. good they don't want there's good good things but i worry that last night was kind of the worst case scenario for the Saints in this sense is like they were well on their way to getting their head kicked in and yep. being like, we got our head kicked in. We got 11 days. We got to figure shit out. Our offense is terrible. We're going to make changes. This isn't good enough. Blah, 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 blah. Instead, they played really good in the second half, especially the fourth quarter. The offense moved the ball up and down the field. They got it tied. They drove down to the five-yard line and didn't score, which we'll get to in a second. So the Saints, instead of making big changes, they're just going to go into that work today, Dennis Allen and the staff, and just go, we just need to work a little harder. We just need Foster Moreau to catch that ball. We just need to get, cut out the penalties. We just need to not be three of eighteen on third down. We're we're close. We're close. We it was, easy. This was very. That, that's very much a Hazlitt era. Yeah. Saints loss right there. Like, yeah. you know, oh, you take you, you change one or two things, and man, they'd have won it. You know, yeah. oh, Foster Moreau catches it. Oh, there's a couple few. There's there's a couple. Uh, you know that tip that tip ball that led to the interception touchdown. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, that was a tip and then and this and da-da-da-da-da. A couple things, you know, it, it, that's, that is the same shit that I remember. I remember saying myself. I remember right. thinking 
Uh, I remember hearing from other people. Uh, shit, I remember hearing that on drive drive time radio during the Hazlitt era consistently. Oh, just a couple things. One if you take way or out the, the four, other. if you take out the four running plays for 130 yards, our run defense. They only had 35 yards in the other 12 carries. Well, yeah, Jim, but you can't take out the four carries for 150. Um, the thing yeah, it, is, it, yeah, yeah, it, it, it was, uh, it was depressing. It was, it was depressing. Thing, like, thing, I, I really think this was like a worst. This was like a worst case scenario because, like you said, team was getting their te- they're they're getting their teeth kicked in, and and then. And then launched the furious comeback, and it was good to know that they still had fight in them. Like that was good to see. Hey, that's the thing. That's the thing that I was. That, arguing. That's maybe the only positive to come that's out of this. The, that's the thing that I was arguing with people on Twitter, and I, and they were like, they you know they they've even like went during the comeback. They're like they're clearly they've quit on Da. This, this team is quit, and I'm like, you don't have to lie about Da and this staff being bad. Like they don't quit on DA, but just because you don't quit on the coach doesn't mean the coach is bad. and doesn't mean the coach isn't going to get fired eventually. And this game to me, Kevin, the more I absorbed it, the more infuriated I got in this, like they, they can't score in the red zone. We all get that. And we'll get to a bunch yeah. of things in, in a minute. Yeah, we'll get Jesus to the, the issues, but they go down. And by the way, DA, the team didn't quit on him and I'll give him this. He coached super aggressive. The Saints went for it on eight fourth downs. Like every time the Saints had an opportunity when they're down 14 to three, when they're down and DA could do the sad defensive coordinator slash head coach punt and let's pin them deep and get the ball back. He was like, fuck that. Fourth and three at the Jaguar 44. We're going. Fourth and five from the 37. Fuck it, we're going. Like every time he made the aggressive move to do Man, it, you so, want you want a coach to do like yeah, you want. Like, but but I was surprised at home. But especially at home, especially yep. with the way this, especially with the way this team has played and looked listless as shit at times. So, um, yeah, yeah. yeah but the, the thing that would that, that infuriated me the most is is they get on that drive and it's twenty four to nine, right? And 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 they and, and they get the ball and they move down. But the red zone struggles bite them again, right? And, and they and they and they uh, and they can't score. And this is why I was so infuriated when they got to that moment. I feel like either Pete or Da went, "Fuck this, we're running Taysom Power." And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And they ran Taysom Power down at the goal line, and on fourth down they did it, and he scored. And it was 24-16. They got the stop. They went down. Michael Thomas. Again. Again. They go down. Michael Thomas makes a great play on a, on, on a goal line fade, which is terrible in the long run, probably because the goal line fade is a terrible play. Mina Kimes wrote like a 2,000-word article explaining this three years ago, that the goal line fade is a horrible, horrible play call with data. And like the, the, the Michael Thomas – by next gen stats had like a 15% chance of working, but Michael Thomas just made a great play and it. But the thing I didn't understand is at the end of the game, when make you have times the, the offensive coordinator, seriously, make, make her. I, I mean, I'm joking, but I'm serious. But, I'm not. but here's the thing, Kevin, at the end of the game, 
you you had plenty of time. You had timeouts. There was no reason to throw the ball four times first to go from the five. Like I, I would have, and and, and 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 maybe I'm lying to myself, and you can call me out. But I, I Kevin, honestly, if the Saints had gotten down there and like on third and fourth down, they would have tried to run Taysom, and it hadn't worked. I would have been, I'd have been mad. But I'd have been like, you know what? That's the only thing that they proved that could really work down at the goal line. Taysom usually scores or gets you the first down in that situation. I know it was first and goal. But so I'd have been like, listen, Taysom power is the best thing they got. And it didn't work. What are you going to do? But instead, they're running fades. It just it infuriates me. It inf- and it infuriates me more because they did it on the first touchdown. They said screw it and ran Taysom Power, and it worked. And they just went right. away from it with no. They had timeouts. I just, I just don't understand how they function in games in a sense of if I'm watching the game from the, my TV drunk. Wouldn't Dennis Allen, wouldn't he do the Sean Payton thing in the Super Bowl where during the two-point conversion, Sean Payton was like, I want Lance more. Like, you just tell Pete, run, taste some power. It's just, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in, it's 9 a.m. I get 9.30 in the, the morning after. I'm still infuriated, Kevin. Ex- like, what, do you have any explanation as to, like, why they're, they, they do, why did they do that? Or or in the words of of Jim Jim Anderson, Anderson, how could they do that? Yeah, it's just. Um, Well, I mean, if 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 Dennis Allen is to be believed, uh, he had nothing to do with it. Yeah, that we'll get to that. Uh, This was a this was all on. This was not his call on personnel like. You know, like I I I understand the uh, Taysom Hill and like wanting to run Taysom power. I mean, I, I, I don't know why. Why not uh, Jimmy Graham? Like, that's why what he, I was about to say. Why I mean, is he you on have the team? This guy that you brought back to the team who made the team. Yeah. As an inspirational story, who's very tall and very good in the red zone. Did you know he played basketball in college? No. And the like. He he didn't. There wasn't even one attempted pass to Jimmy Graham the entire game. Yeah, and he and that's the that's, so so yeah. so so the question is, what is he doing on the team then? And yeah. and and this and this isn't like necessarily this is not a knock to Jimmy Graham. This is a question to the organization: Is he there to run block? Is he there for vibes? Because he sure as shit doesn't seem to be there to be in the game and potentially catch passes. Yeah, and the, the thing that's so frustrating with that, Kevin, is, again, if, you, if we had seen six weeks of Jimmy Graham, right? And, right. And, they, and they ran him at the goal line. And, like, and, and he's, like, end stage Marcus Colston where, like, Colston just, like, lost the ability to, like, absorb hits and make catches. So Colston would drop passes all the time just because when you get older, you just don't – your body changes. You, maybe you get a little gun shy. You don't want to take the hits, and you, and you can't make the contested catch anymore. If we saw it and we're like, listen, they've run Jimmy Graham 
25 times at the goal line in these seven games and he has one catch and four drops and he's not getting open and this is really sad and we thought it was going to go one way and it hasn't and and listen we've seen that with saints players they leave they come back and it's just or older players just kind of sad right you're like julio jones is going to be that with the eagles like he's gonna like it's we're gonna laugh because we hate him but falcon fans are probably gonna watch and be like that is so sad julio is just old and broken and he can't do anymore but like with jimmy graham I don't even know if that's true because they're not playing him. And to me, he caught the touchdown in Green Bay. He looked thinner, faster. But, like, I want to see it. And here's the thing. Nothing you do in the red zone works. Nothing. Why are you not playing Jimmy Graham? It's just, again, how could they do this? <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I it... <laughs> I wonder if it was a case of of uh, Pete Carmichael just saying, you know what? They w- the the last thing we did worked. They're gonna be they're gonna be expecting that. <laughs> so let's try something else. Yeah, I, and he, I mean, okay. To be honest, like like gotta call it like I see it. <laughs> The at least one of the plays that they designed at the end there did work. Like yeah. l- like the 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 fade, the corner fade did work. No, Foster like Moreau, yeah, because Jackson was wide open. You got to make that catch, like and disgustingly wide open. Yeah, I and bad. he he bungled it. Yeah, and and, and I, I tell look. Seeing him like seeing him react the way he did on the sideline, it, it it lets me know that he cares. Oh yeah, like like like, like that's what I want. That's I I still want that. I still want guys that. I mean, he's from Jesuit. That, it's like from, it's yeah, life and like, death for them. Like yeah, it's yeah. a job, but it's life and death for them. And you know, I appreciated seeing some teammates come by and say, "Hey, dude, you know." chin up all that kind of stuff like that's good that at least lets me know that that the guy that the, that the players are still are still caring about one another and still playing for one another and all that kind of stuff you know like, and i want yeah. you need if you, you need you enough of that it. on the team you gotta like and that's the thing like saints still have strong leadership they're gonna play hard for da till the end whether he stays or not and you know it's crazy to me because i really think I mean, maybe it's wishful thing. The Saints, I think they'd have gone for two if they if Foster Moreau catches the ball. But let, if he catches the pass and the Saints win, the entire tenor of this podcast is different, right? We're like, is oh, it? what a. I mean, if they win the game, we're like, they got it together in the fourth quarter. They scored three three touchdowns and and that. So I guess my point is like, if. If the Saints had gotten down there and it was tied and, like, Blake Groupie had a chip shot and he missed, we would just be like, fire that kicker, get rid of him. The Saints did enough to win the game. The kicker lost him the game. So just a tiny, tiny sliver of me is like, they did enough. Like, Austin Rowe, he's got to catch that ball. Um, And it would have masked all their problems. Um, But it's just... The other frustrating thing about this game, Kevin, 
is I'm so sick and tired of my, like, it has got to, not my necessarily my entire life, but the, it seems like the whole, like, last 20 years, any player that is injured or questionable against the Saints plays and plays amazing. Trevor uh, Hang Lawrence- on a second. Hang on a second. Let's hold up now. <laughs> We, I don't know. I don't know if I would say played amazingly for. I don't know if I would use that to describe Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he had a bum knee and he let him in rushing. That was driving me mad. Like you know the same yeah. like you, you know the same yeah. like. Hey man, he's got a bum knee. Don't necessarily worry about him scrambling. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and he carries for fifty nine yards. Yeah. Jesus Christ! It's like I mean, and like huge chunk plays at like critical times. Just maddening. That is uh No no no. Oh I, I, I understand the frustration. I get it. I get it. I get it. Is quarterback rating over a hundred? God. Is, how but I mean, that? hey, hey, Derek Carr finally got over three hundred yards again. He got the Saints had It only took him fifty five attempts. <laughs> the Saints the Saints do the saddest checkdowns I've ever seen. You know, I see other teams where they like do a checkdown and it'll get them like four or five yards. The Saints do a checkdown. It's like second and, and eight, second and nine. I get the saddest checkdown game I've ever seen. Like they just like they like most teams they do like a checkdown. Like the guy like runs a little route, so it's like a four or five yard route. The Saints just this like they chip and help with the block and then like fade either. Parallel to the line of scrimmage and, or behind. I mean, poor Camara. He had 29, 29, 29 touches. touches. And that's not, again, that's not a sustainable business model. Like, no, it's not. And no, it's not. I, I, I want to I look up his, uh, I'm going to try and look up his numbers here on the uh, rushing and receiving. I mean, it's, it's just, you know. And, and the other thing. Roster and players? is the offensive line. I know that I know that the advanced statistics say that Anders P got destroyed by Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen set like the record for like most pressures in a game without getting like multiple sacks. Mm -hmm. And, And he just, but Part of me is like, if I was bleeding to death and you tied a, tur- a tourniquet around my leg, like criticizing Andres Pete for yesterday would be like somebody coming up to you and being like, well, Kevin, you know that tourniquet you just put on Ralph's leg? Like, it's really not uh, ideal medical care. And you're like, no shit, it's not ideal medical care. I'm trying to make him not bleed to death. And like right. I like I feel like Andres Pete, like the the line, like considering what they had yesterday, it was about as good as we could hope that it could be. It's not like it's not a long-term solution. Like I'm not saying that like play let Andres Pete at left tackle and Cam like no, I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying for last night, for what they had. I don't know that you could ask anything more of the line. Guys, Ralph Marlboro here. You know I take my flavored whiskey very seriously and would never steer you wrong. I want to tell you about Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey. Hardhide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is a strawberry flavored whiskey 
blended with aged wheat whiskey, American light whiskey, fresh strawberries from Ponchatoula, Louisiana. It's 86 proof, blended and bottled in New Orleans, Louisiana at the Porch Jam Distillery. Hard Hide Strawberry Whiskey is not for the thin-skinned. Hard Hide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey is supporting Saints Happy Hour all football season. So support the people who support the show. Grab a bottle of Hard Hide Ponchatoula Strawberry Whiskey today. You can pick up a bottle wherever fine spirits are sold in Louisiana, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee. To learn more and to find a location to get a bottle near you, go to hardhidestrawberrywhiskey.com. That's hardhidestrawberrywhiskey.com. Man, I I don't know. I, I, I... I think I was just so uh, so set on them being being terrible that I I, <laughs> I just I just I just had blinders onto it and wasn't paying attention. I, I I tell you what, people on Twitter last night were joke were joking, maybe half yeah. serious that Drew Brees should suit up, or or somebody was asking, you know, if Drew unretired before the season and and started. Would the Saints be better or worse or the same? And I said the same, but leaning worse uh, because Drew Brees at 42, 43 years old, you know, this O-line collapsing around him, he's going to get hit. He wouldn't last. It would more than a 42, 43 year old guy should be getting hit. Yeah. Like it, it, and, it, and, and he wouldn't last. Like he'd be, he'd, he'd be. You'd see those that photo, that famed famous photo from the 49ers game where it looks like his neck is is pulling a stretch Armstrong. You'd see that happening every game. Well, you know like what? He would he would have his shit rocked if, all the time. If Drew Brees was still playing with the Saints, you know what they'd be? They'd they'd get to a point where they'd be like seven and four, seven and five, and then he'd get injured in the season. Or they might even be a little bit better than that. Seven and four is optimistic as shit. Well, no, I mean, the 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 thing is that that um that's so uh perplexing about this offense is. They like you know Nick Underhill wrote an article about the the goal the fade and how. Cars terrible at it. Most teams are terrible at it. But Drew Brees was fucking amazing at it. And yeah. I still feel like this offense, they're they're they 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 don't Pete Carmichael, even like they haven't adjusted it. So are to, you saying that Pete Carmichael is a big fan of recycling? Recycling, yeah. Or or or, or can't bear to throw certain things away. He can't bear to throw certain things away. He can't bear to change. I just feel like they have, like, and the thing was, even last year, to a certain extent, I feel like they kind of did when Jameis got hurt and they brought in Andy Dalton. They did kind of morph it and try to change it around. And they kind of found an identity in the middle of the year, like from weeks like, what was it week about six when they played Cincinnati and lost the heartbreaking game where they went from like week six to like week 10, 11, where they kind of found an identity where they 
we're running the ball. And they're like, this is what we do. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run Taysom Power. And then Andy's going to hit some plays. And if we can run the ball, Andy can be really good. I feel like they haven't changed a damn thing since opening week to now. It's still just fucking shot plays and vibes. Like, it worked against Tennessee, and it kind of worked against Carolina, and New England's in a dumpster fire, so that game, you throw it out. But it's like like nothing has changed. Nothing is really better. Like, they just hit a couple plays last night, scored some points late, ran a couple Taysom plays, and like that's the thing. Like, like I don't see any, I don't see any growth, any difference in this offense from the first week through the seventh week. And that is to me, that's on coaching. Like they're like, and I know people say, oh, they're running more motion, they're doing it. I don't see anything different results-wise. Like I still see the same, the same exact thing. It's drive Kevin. It's driving me batty. Well, uh, we've got uh, ten more games. This ten more weeks. Uh, actually, uh, eleven more weeks because we still have the bye. We still have the bye. So yeah, eleven more weeks. Of this and uh, yeah, I, I <sighs> Derek Carr has. Uh, 1,600 yards passing through seven games, so let me do the math on that. Bust out ye old calculator. That'll be like 3,500 yards total. Ugh, gross. Seven. <laughs> He's averaging 228.5 per game. Oof, that is gross. That is gr- 3,885 3, yards. And the thing is, with the, the thing is that I think... And we only have a couple more things, and then we'll get out of here. But the, the thing that I think, and I'll be, I'll be the first to admit, the thing, that, the, the, the thing that I missed with Derek Carr, and I think a lot of Saints media missed, um, was this. Is that, we, we, that when the Saints got Carr, we said, listen, the offense last year with the Saints, if you just put him in and... You get he's like the twelfth, maybe on the best case scenario, the twelfth best quarterback, or the twelfth to the twentieth best quarterback. You add that Saints good defense, you're going to win this crummy division. The thing that I missed is not the specific issues with Derek Carr's skill set of he checks down incredibly fast uh, instead of scanning the field. He's terrible in the red zone. It's not about that. I think we thought that. A better deep combining him with a better defense would be enough. But I think the thing that I missed, Kevin, is he's a quarterback. Not only does he not elevate your offense, like a Drew Brees or a Mahomes or whoever, because he's not that elite quarterback, but he's a guy that he really needs a good offensive coordinator, like a plus offensive coordinator. Like we're not even getting Raiders Derek Carr because right Car- because Pete Carmichael isn't as good as Gruden, right? So like I didn't take that into account. I'm, and I'm, man, I'm petrified. I really, I I really don't want the t- to to be hearing that guy's name. Well, no, I like I wouldn't either. Like like, but but what I'm saying is this. 
say whatever you want about Gruden and, and, and his emails and his home. Like he had every, every yeah, yeah. racial, ethnic, right, right, right. like everything he did, he hit them all. But what I'm saying is there's no debate that John Gruden is a better offensive coordinator than Pete Carmichael and the Saints for Derek Carr to be good. You need a good offensive coordinator. Like for like, take an example. It's not a quarterback, but like Alva Kamara, you can see Alvin Kamara's greatness even with the Saints' shitty offensive scheme, right? Like Alvin Kamara, like a couple times even last night, like he'll just make plays. Like on the fourth down, he just makes a play. He'll get the corner. And you're like, Alvin Kamara is still good. I wish we had a better offensive coordinator to, to, to maximize him. But he still looks like Alvin Kamara, right? Derek Carr is yep. not that way. Like you need a really good offensive coordinator. And Pete Carmichael is so far away from that. And I just – I didn't, I didn't, I didn't grasp that. And it's not, it's not, I mean, you, you could say it's offensive line and you could say it's a lave loafing and not being as good and blah, blah, blah. But I think it comes down to Derek Carr needs a really, really good coach to get him to be an average to above average quarterback. And the Saints don't have it. And that isn't going to change. And that's why last night. Right. I, I, I have a uh, I have a hard time saying Olave sucks. I have I, I, I nah, or or he's or he's you know oh my god he's had a huge regression. He's in a funk. Something is wrong. Sucks is the wrong word, but he's in a he's in some sort of he's in some sort of funk. Yeah, and he's still the leading receiver on the team. He has the most yards, nearly the most catches. Although probably by by next. Next week, uh, Kamara will have eclipsed that because Kamara already has 35 catches in four games. That's crazy. Um, that is crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got the most. Yeah, he's got the most targets, the most catches, the most yards. Most yards per per reception. Um, but yeah, it, I, I I just. Again, I, I I come back to that Hazlitt era mantra of, oh, you know, a couple things. <laughs> just if a couple things go go a certain way, he's, you know, we're saying he's looking good and and everything is going to plan and blah blah blah. I mean, okay, there's, I, I don't even want to call it a sophomore slump. So he's not as dynamic as he looked mm-hmm. last year. And maybe that's the problem is that he's the leading receiver on the team while not looking dynamic. And then as a result, everything else, you know, looks looks bad in comparison. Um and and like I I, I definitely think that you know Derek Carr is not doing himself any favors. I, I, I like you look at the replays, a lot of replays from last night or, or uh, rewinds or whatever on certain plays where he makes these questionable throws or mind boggling throws. And you're saying, well, that's him not having not being on the same page as the receiver or or not seeing the open guy like, shoot, I just looked at a replay. Where. He tries going over the middle to, I think it was Olave, mm-hmm. but Jamal Williams is 
wide the hell open underneath. And this was early in the game. Like, I think it was still 7-0. Wide open underneath. Uh, and he had enough space to potentially get a first down, but he, th- he, he guns it in Olave's direction, and Olave can't even... I don't even know if Olave got a finger on it. But it's like... I, I, like, what... How do you fix that? Is it is it is it is it Carr getting getting locked in in the in a tape room with the guys? Is it Olave? <laughs> is it, or is it Carr just? How much more? How how much longer is the petulant? Because because if if the Saints were winning, Derek Carr yelling at people would be leadership. But since they're losing, he's a whiny bitch. Like that's right. just that's just how how it goes in 2023. But how much longer are is it going to be a one way? Because con- right now it's just a kind of a one way conversation where he's yelling at people and bitching, complaining. How much longer is it going to be before somebody like snaps back at him and is like, "You're freaking Derek Carr. You never have won a goddamn thing. You need to shut your mouth." Right on the sideline. How how long are we are, are that where we we don't? It's not a one way traffic screaming. It's it's a screaming match. If we use the wrestling parlance, how, yeah, I'm how far away from I'm, that. Yeah, I mean that that shit is not. I don't think that's far off because I think somebody is gonna is gonna have is just gonna say no, pal. I've had enough of your shit, and they're gonna fire back at him. Like I could absolutely see. You know, your Michael Thomas, uh, like a Michael Thomas type, or or I could even see somebody on defense wandering over and saying something. But <laughs> if I had to bet on somebody on offense, I'd say Michael Thomas, maybe Kamara, maybe. But because, uh, yeah, like I don't, yeah, nobody else on offense that I'm looking at, <clears throat> I can see saying something except okay. those two guys. This this is the saddest thing I think I've ever seen. Kamara's on pace for 87 catches for less than 600 yards. How is that like that like that that doesn't even seem possible. But it but it's true. Um Final thing and the Paul has come over the room. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, Olave is on pace for 1,143 yards. Yeah, I mean, Olave is just, he's a, he's a young diva receiver. And like, I know Saints fans. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? <laughs> you should have said that. Thomas. Is this a special episode of Suits? What, what are we doing here? <laughs> Very special episode. Um, final thing, and then we'll get out of here. All right. Saints are three and four. They have, they go to the Colts. Yep. They host the Bears. Yep. They go to Minnesota. Yep. I'm not going to tag, like, must win on, like, the Colts game. But I'm going to tell you. They better be five and five coming out of that three. And I know the NFC South, and I don't think Tampa or Atlanta will go on a run and run from them. No. But if, but if you're four and six, 
after 10 games, like the Saints aren't go six and one and finish 10 and seven. Like you got to get to five and five these next three. Um, right. And that, and that's, and that's to even, and that's to ha- keep yourself in a position to be in a position to, to, to win because they still have, they still have a game against the Panthers, the Bucks, and the Falcons. So like, that's their best chance of keeping pace is making sure that they're, or, or take, or stealing the division. Uh, because the best they can hope for is to just keep pace and then when they meet the uh, division opponents is, is win those and then just, you know, slide ahead of them. But well, the good, the good, look, the Colts and the bears, I said, I said on, uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't the big show. It might've been me and you previewing the Texans. <laughs> uh, I said that if the saints offense looks sluggish after the bears game, Mm-hmm. You need to cut bait on, with Pete Carmichael. Mm. Like I get everybody saying fire Pete, fire Pete, and and yeah, I I, I get it. I'm I, I still think that, but the most realistic time to cut bait with with Carmichael would be after the Bears game at home, because you'll you'll have you'll have played nine games. Mm-hmm. That's just over half the season, and if you can't, if the offense doesn't look like it's it's right, it's righted the ship. Uh, then yeah, I mean you got to I mean, let the guy go, promote from within, well, and then the, take your chances in the off season. Hey, here's the thing: I think that might be too late for Dennis Allen because if they lose to the Colts, then you're then you're three and five. But here's the thing: the Saints, like like this this next three weeks is really going to decide Dennis Allen, and we'll get more into it next week and on the big show. But Ke- but Kevin, uh, these are the next these are the quarterbacks the Saints are going to face: Gardner Minshew. Uh, for the Bears, it's not Justin Fields. It's somebody named Tyson Badgett. Tyson Badgett or Bad Baggard or Badgett. Badgett, B A G E N T. I've never heard of him in my entire life. Like, no, he not- was one of those guys that when I was doing all my mock drafts, he was always available in the seventh round. He's like he was like Division three football MVP. Like he won the whatever the Heisman is for Division three or two. Yeah. So they get, but you get Minshew, Badgett, Kirk Cousins, <laughs> and and right, and a and a Kirk Cousins that with no with no Justin Jefferson, right? You know, like so, it's like on paper, on paper, winnable games. I'm not even going to say. I mean, winnable games. I'm just saying, like, if Dennis Allen is going to reach Hazlitt levels of competence where he squeezes out a random playoff year and, like, just trudges into mediocrity. Like, if he's even going to reach the Hazlitt level, these next three weeks are going to tell us. Yeah. If you can't beat if you can't beat Minshew, Badgett, Cousins, if you can't beat two of the three and be five and five, like, it's never going to happen for it's never going to happen for Dennis Allen. And I'm not talking Super Bowl. I'm not talking about turning around. I'm not terms coach for Saints. I'm talking about if you can't get to five and five after these three weeks, you probably 
aren't going to be the Saints coach in 2024. Because if you're four and six or three and seven, like there's three and seven. I mean, if they're three and seven, just forget about it. Like it's over. But if they're like four and six, like it's never going to happen. Like this is it. We're, we're at the, we're at the point of this is it for DA. And it's really weird because they're going to be in all these games, Kevin, because their defense is just too good. And that's the, that's the thing. Like, no matter how bad they play, no matter how their offense drives us nuts, like I'm pretty confident that like they aren't going to play a team. The only team that they play the rest of the year that I can say fairly certain when they play that team, it's not going to be a close game. It's the, the Lions. Yeah. Every other team they play, the final nine, I bet you seven of those games is a one-score game. One of them, the Saints will blow a team out randomly just because. And one of them, they'll get blown out because Derek Carr or whatever, they'll stink and it won't be a one. It'll be like Tampa. It won't be that close to the game. But they're going to be in these games. So, I mean, I, I don't know. My, I, 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 If I had to bet on the blowout loss, I'd take the Lions. Yeah. Uh, the blowout win... I could see it being the Giants. <laughs> yeah, I could, you know, I would say probably like the blowout win will probably be either the Giants or the Rams just because why? But I'm going to say this, like I know it's bad. And I know it feels hopeless. I know it's bad and I know it feels hopeless. I know but... it does. I know it does. But Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You got a nice long weekend with no Saints football. You can enjoy your family. You can pretend that you want to hang out with them. You Maybe wherever you are, the weather might be nice. You can tell the wife, hey, let's go do a fun thing on a Sunday or a Saturday. But I'm going to give you hope. If you don't do anything on Sunday, maybe you do something on Sunday and you get back like 1.30, 2 o'clock. Turn on the Falcons and the Bucks. And I guarantee you that game is going to be a slop fest. And those are the two teams that the Saints are chasing. Tampa has Baker and his magic third down fairy dust is gone. And Atlanta, they're a Desmond Ritter bad half of football from player from playing the Heineken man. So I'm just saying, Kevin, don't give up hope. The NFC South, it still sucks. There's always hope. And I won't, you know, it, some people say it's the hope that kills you, but I'll say the uh, red from uh, Shawshank Redemption, hope is a good thing and good things never die. Never give up hope. The Saints, you know, we're going to be here. We're going to be making jokes. And if they, if they start firing people, we'll enjoy that too. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know, Kevin. I, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be positive because we got 10, we got 10 more weeks of this and uh, it's going to be okay. Thomas was pumping me with optimism pre-show. He's like, it was a weird game. They can turn it around. Thomas is, Thomas is the eternal optimist. I don't know. It must be that, po it's that fresh pole. It's that Polish air, right? Thomas, it's, it, you, it gives you optimism because it's clean or something. I don't know. I guess. Right. right. 
<laughs> so, so, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, subscribe. Everybody gets this episode, but please subscribe to the podcast. Support the show. Uh, find us wherever you get your podcast. Saints Happy Hour. And remember, if you're in New Orleans, live show, December 8th, Sports Drink. Click the link. Uh, in the description, get your tickets. We're almost out. It's going to be an amazing, fun night. So for Kevin, for Thomas running the show back in Poland, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you Tuesday night on the live show.